to the Marvel Movie Minute, a daily podcast which we smash apart the films of the Marvel Cinematic Universe into one-minute chunks so we can analyze them in scrupulous detail. I'm Kyle Olson from the Road to Infinity podcast. Hey, and I'm Professor Cabosco, and welcome to today's class where we're going to have a brief discussion about the Oedipus Complex. Yay! <laughs> so Bring your mother! What are... <laughs> Well, or your father. I mean, it depends, right? <laughs> yeah, like, I don't, I don't know. We'll see. Okay, so <laughs> let's just let's just have a conversation <laughs> on this, right? Um, Oedipus. It's spelled O E D I P U S, right? Mm-hmm. First with fifth century uh, Greek uh, B C Greek mythological character Oedipus, right. who un- unwittingly. As, oh, I was going to say, as Tom Lehrer said, it's a boy who really loved his mother. Oh my god. <laughs> he kills kills his father. He marries his mother. There was a play on this. It was called mm-hmm. Oedipus Rex. It was written by Sophocles around 429 BC. Now, here's the deal. In terms of what does this have to do with anything? Okay, so the Oedipus <laughs> Complex, if you've ever heard about it, it's a psychoanalytic theory. Sigmund Freud introduced it. Introduced this concept in his Interpretation of Dreams from 1899. He coined the expression in his A Special Type of Choice of Object Made by Men in 1910. So it, Now, is this before or after he time-traveled with Bill and Ted? <laughs> I mean, a lot of things happened. There was a lot of stuff going on. He's a busy guy. With the id and the everything. Mm -hmm. (laughs) A lot of things are happening, right? Now, what is this about? So the positive Oedipus complex refers to a child's unconscious sexual desire for the opposite sex parent and hatred for the same sex parent. A negative Oedipus complex refers to a child's unconscious sexual desire for the same sex parent and hatred for the opposite sex parent. I could go further, but I won't. Here's the interesting interesting part about this. Freud and all the many of the psychoanalysts after him, they saw the father complex and, in particular, ambivalent feelings for the father on the part of the male child as an aspect of the Oedipus complex. Carl Jung takes a, sort of a different view that both males and females could have a father complex, which in turn might be either positive or negative. First, thanks, Wikipedia. <laughs> Second, I have taken the long Crazy way around jokes. of presenting a core theme of this minute that we'll call daddy issues. <laughs> Let me just say, <laughs> there is a lot going on with feelings. Yeah, you know, interesting you you talk about that kind of stuff because in during Peter David's run, this was actually a, a major part of the the Hulk mythology is that something he added in is about Bruce's dad. Like yeah. that was a that was the thing. I mean, we we saw it a little bit in the two thousand three Ang Lee Hulk, right? Uh, but like that was definitely something that they brought in about like, well, why is this mild mannered scientist so angry? Oh, okay. Well, as as you know, we we were talking about uh, in a very different conversations. Uh, broken people break people. And yeah, that was yes. sort of what the what his his uh, his theory was is like that's why Bruce has this deep well of rage is because of uh, horrible things that happened to him when he was a kid. So, so what are we really saying is that the Incredible Hulk, not only as a character but as of a cinematic event, is not just the arc of a character wrought with rage in a superhero-driven universe, but it is also a psychoanalytic example of what can happen deep within the recesses of one's mind in dealing with life. Ooh. Uh, nah, it's just a nah, movie about big green a- guys punch each other in the face. Come on with your smart talk. I want to see big green guys throwing cars at each other. Oh When's that going to happen? What's going on here? Get out of here. Just blow stuff up. <laughs> 
and and I think this is this is exactly what's going on in Act Three is there are two different forces at work well, uh, behind the scenes. And actually, uh, no, and, and I mean, and okay, and, and, and we honestly, God, it is because like that's, we we've been talking about this. Like Act Three is our our least favorite part of this movie. Yes, like, the wheels are coming off the wagon. I can tell you, I feel like an entire wheel drops. Between eighty four and eighty five, like in here, like we're on. By the time we get to like eighty six, we're only on three wheels. But to get to the rest of the, if that, yes, because there is a lot more. There was a lot more planned, or at least in one person's vision. Oh, the podcast is not going to turn into a hate fest, but we're also not. not, We're also going to be realistic about like where things are going because right. Uh, the, the, the the creaking sounds are getting quite loud here uh, right. as as the plot machinations are uh, like the the gears are not quite uh, meshing together anymore here in minute 84 of uh, Louis Leterrier's 2008 film The Incredible Hulk so we uh pick up where we left off which is uh Blonsky slapping Bruce around like why are you hitting yourself why are you hitting yourself why are you hitting yourself <laughs> like it's uh <laughs> it basically like cuz Blonsky doesn't want Bruce he wants the other guy uh, so, and he's getting really frustrated. And so, unfortunately, uh, then, then uh, we heard the heart monitor uh, start to go up before, but now as he's, as he's slapping him around and, and apparently and one of the takes that, that they used, Tim Roth actually backhanded him. Like he, he oh, really, really hit Edward across the face for reals. Uh, <laughs> uh, they had to be like, Oh, uh, sorry. Like he got a little too into his, uh, his Blonsky junkie. Now, did they use uh, that? Now, now where would apparently they... one of the shots in there that where he hits him is a real hit. Oh, funny. Yeah, but it's a very fastly edited thing, so sure. it's, it's hard to tell which right. it is. Um, uh, so, but uh, as we think, like, what we expect is, uh, you know, don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry, but no. Like, instead, you hear, actually hear the heart rate monitor starting to drop. So right. whether it's the the trank or the cure, it ain't working like it used to. Right. Uh, so, like, the heart rate is dropping down. And then all the other soldiers running in, like, because they had to actually go up the stairs the normal way, not the not the Blonsky way. Uh, they start yelling for him, and it's like, Ugh. So then Blonsky, like, takes his gun and just basically bashes him right across the face. Blam! Like, knocks him out. And we see, like, a, a flash of white, essentially, as he goes, and then the screen goes entirely black. Well, and we looked at that. We, we really put, yeah. put that up, pulled that apart because... There is a moment where you, it doesn't, it's just not white. It looks like, oh, there's something there. Yeah. And it is the microest of seconds because yeah. it's only like maybe three like, frames. Right. And because uh, you don't even see it, like even like on our tools and stuff. But if you see it, you thought, oh, wait, we, did we find something? Is something hidden here? No. What we no. realized, and you saw it, you found yeah. it. It was the inverse of the image so that it, you can see, clearly see the ceiling panels and everything else. So. Yeah, nice effect, though. Take the thing. Yeah, it's a nice effect because it basically is just like the white of the impact and then it goes right. entirely black. Uh, so they just like sort of inverted the colors and then out he goes. Well, it's uh, almost kind of like the effect of like, you know, if you've ever been, if you've ever, before, hopefully not, you've ever get hit in the head or something, yeah, you know, right. you kind of see those stars or like that yeah. like bla- flash of white. That's actually the effect. So it's actually well done. Yeah. Uh, so then uh, then we, we play a little bit of time here. We jump ahead, I don't know, maybe 10 minutes. Because, like, basically they've brought up the bed, they've strapped him into the bed, they brought it back down. Uh, and so, <laughs> this is the, one of the weirdest pieces of trivia that I found when we were when doing this. So they're wheeling him out, and he's got a, a blue compress on his head. Rob, why do you suppose he's got a blue compress on his head? Because he had a headache? Uh, no, it's because he had long hair. This is a reshoot, baby! Oh, Woo! no. That's right. His way. hair had been totally different. So they put the blue compress on his head to, so you wouldn't notice the fact that Bruce Banner's hair had changed from upstairs to downstairs. 
Wait, what? <laughs> if I was ever annoyed at this point, I would be annoyed because like I'm like, you I was shooting another movie, you brought me back in, just strap me to the gurney, I don't say a word. Like you couldn't have found anybody to do this thing. wait that's why oh hold on because we got to talk about this thing yeah just like we talked about with the with one of the other previous scenes where he had the uh when he wakes up in the cave he had to have his arm over his head because his hair was different because he was already shooting i think it's pride and glory is his next movie his hair was different and so they had to put a compress on his head to cover up the fact that his hair was a different length and and uh, I think a, almost a different color. But wait, th- this is funny because it does explain something, and I'm sure, okay, I don't think it was this obvious, but it just makes me laugh now. So he comes out, Ross yeah. talks to him, and we'll talk about what he talks to him about. Yeah. But when they shoot it, Edward Norton just is looking, is not looking at him. Yeah. He is he has done one of those conversations where you've ever been really ticked off when you've had a conversation with somebody, uh-huh. and you've picked an imaginary point in space, and you are going to look that space right in the eye. That's what he does. Yep, my daughter does this to me all the time, and it drives me crazy. Oh my, well, no. And I got to tell you this, I even thought to myself when I was watching this thinking, well, that's odd because he should be groggy. He's not groggy. He's intense and pissed off intense. Mm-hmm. That's why, because he didn't want to do that. <laughs> that's right. So he's like, he's like, I didn't even act at all. I'm just going to lay here and be like, I can't believe they probably back in and put me in the costume. I just have to wow. But well, because it does not make sense. I, I like, uh, for, for Bruce Banner, I like it that he gives them nothing. Well, yeah. No, like, he's not going to be mad or, or angry or bargaining or anything. He's just like, whatever, old man. Like, go, <laughs> go comb your mustache. Jeez. So, so what is, um, yeah, what does he say to him? It's pretty. Uh, uh, he says, "If you took it from me, it being Hulk, right? Like the Hulk, you know the. the if you took it from me, I'm gonna put you into a hole for the rest of your life. A hole, <laughs> and I'm gonna throw away the key. No, wait, we won't even put lotion down to you in a bucket. Not so, gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, and That's... like I said, Bruce, just nothing, just nothing. Oh yeah, whatever. So then, uh, uh, Betty gets a jacket from a soldier. Soldier comes out there. I'm like. Oh, somebody's looking for a yeah, promotion. Yeah, what's, what's that all about, right? Like, oh, here, <laughs> like, take, take oh, a jacket. Dude, you know, who's that? you know who that is? No, who is that? That's the general's daughter. Oh, man. Uh, I'm going to give her my coat. <laughs> hey, Miss Ross, if you happen to mention to the general that I was... <laughs> right, and who's the guy in the stretcher? Well, her former boyfriend. Oh, so she's available? Oh, so she's, <laughs> so she's single? <laughs> Good Lord. <laughs> so then Betty goes to to see to Bruce like to follow along and uh you know Ross catches her and she says I will never forgive you for this. Uh he says he's a fugitive and she said you made him a fugitive which I was like ooh point to Betty right. like good one. Yes. Uh to cover your failures and protect your career and it was like like you can see that he takes that in. Oh Okay. Yeah. 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 All right. That that, uh, that that went between some of the armor plates. Yeah. Okay. Uh. Whew, okay. But I mean, just you know, in his in his uh, William Hurt Ross kind of way, like right. he takes it and stuff. To, and then she says, "Don't ever speak to me as your daughter again." But he says, "It's only because you're my daughter that you're not in handcuffs too." So it's like, oh, point to Thunderbolt. That's how you <laughs> drop a mic on a daughter. I mean, that is just. <laughs> I mean, I mean, okay, and I mean, of course, I made the joke about daddy issues, but I mean, yeah. good lord! I mean, this so, is the most dysfunctional family. What the heck? Yeah. So we see that that a, a helicopter has landed apparently right in front of the building, uh, and they've loaded Bruce into it, and then so she, uh, you know, as, as she walks away from him, she goes into there, and and we heard a helicopter in minute eighty three, and here's the helicopter right in front of the place. 
And uh, well, now this is in the deleted scene. There's no helicopter in the, no, in the regular. No, there is. In the movie. He's in, he is in a helicopter. There's a helicopter, and you hear the of the helicopter right there as as they're as they're. So it's like apparently the helicopter landed in front of the building. Well, wait, yeah. But wait. This is where we get into because there is a deleted scene in here, and the reason they had to put the sound effect in at minute eighty-three of the helicopter. This is our. In, this was our uh, fast flash forward. Uh-huh. Yes, right. Is because this is an edited scene because originally they loaded him into a Humvee, drove to the, right. the park where the helicopter was, and then put him on there. Right. But instead, they cut out all that stuff in the middle. And they have it be that the helicopter, apparently, this huge helicopter, lands right in the middle of campus. There's a park. Something. Yeah, exactly. In the in the five minutes from when uh, Bruce gets gets right. darted uh, until they're there. And so it's like they, they, they switch the two around and then they blurred some of the background. Because there is a, a, a longer deleted scene that goes right here. And we're going to talk about it now. It is called Ross and Spar. Uh, you can find it on the Blu-ray. I do not. It is not on the digital release. Actually, I, I did some digging too because I've been saying that this whole time. When you buy the digital release, you get the trailer. Yeah. That's it. So all the if you want to see any of the special features, you got to buy the DVD or you got to buy the Blu-ray, or get a YouTube account. So this this one's called Ross and Spar. Let's roll the clock back a little bit. So in an alternate reality, this is what actually happened in the same scene. So we go back to Bruce is in, on the gurney. So this time, instead of having a conversation with her father, Betty blows past Ross and just boom, she's gone. Like she's like like I don't even I don't I don't even want to talk to you. Not today, Daddy. Uh, and just and goes and gets in the Humvee with Bruce, who's in, in the Gurney and stuff, too. And so, Major Spar. Yeah, another Major Spar scene that got cut. Boo. She comes up and says, I've never seen anyone come out of a Trank dose that fast. Oh, hey, another huge plot hole that would have been solved by this, too. Right. Because no, that's exactly what we Trank yes. this thing, and five minutes later, he's, like, chilling on the, on the cart, like, awake and looking around. Well, and, and- see, isn't that funny? Because I yeah. mentioned that, and, and like, okay, yeah, that's something that didn't make sense when you're watching the the theatrical cut. That doesn't, I yeah, mean, anyway. exactly. Yeah. Um, so she says, "Why the hell aren't we keeping him under?" Which is another great point. Once again, spar for the win. Yes, always sensible, like coming right. through with the information, delivering exposition in a sassy way. God bless Major Spar. Right. Um, so uh, Ross says, "You want to be the one to stick a needle in his arm that he doesn't want." But this is what this is. So like, eh, right, fair point. This is where I, I love it. I feel like this is where the movie is lesser because it gets out. Because this thing he says next is so freaking ice cold that this would have made Ross yeah. such a better villain if they had left stuff like this in there. He says, she's our best insurance. Keep her right next to him. We kn- right. He knows that if he pops off, she's the one who'll get hurt. Oh, man! He is using his own daughter as a stopgap to stop the Hulk from showing up. He is deliberately putting her in harm's way so that the Hulk won't show up and he can get what he wants. Man! That is ice cold. Now, that's because she just blew right by him, like, 30 (laughs) seconds ago. He had that pretty well ready. Like, obviously, he let her go into the truck because, like you said, he could have put her in handcuffs and taken her away. There's, there's, There's a lot of issues here. So... So Ross then gives uh, Major Spars, or it's basically about Stern. She says, "I want him pinned in that lab with you." And so, like, he goes on this whole thing. I want him to. I want. It's, it's basically like Tommy Lee Jones's thing in the Fugitive. Right. I want to search every day. You know, he's like, I want him to count every bottle, every beaker, every. And, and then at the end, uh, 
then get aiding and abetting charges and get him turned over to us. Banner won't give us answers. Maybe we can get him to. So, like, already he's having a contingency plan. Like, if the whole Banner thing doesn't work out and I gotta kill him, well, I got another scientist dude who knows a lot about Gamma that can probably get me a Hulk. Eh, if I can't get the one, I got the other one. Once again, once again, eyes cold. Now, can I mention something about um, uh, makeup? Absolutely. Have you noticed something, and, and really, and actually this deleted scene from what I can see right now, at the time where they were talking about this, it is on YouTube. It is. Yes. Yeah. Now, here's an interesting point that I've noticed in seeing this. All the scenes where he is talking to Spar, mm-hmm. and his face is facing the camera, his hair is almost entirely white. Oh. Hmm. If you look at him in every other moment of this scene, it's not. Interesting. Do you think that's just color correction, or do you think they actually, like... Didn't like they had his hair was originally I think one color. This is different. I think this this really is a mishmash of cuts hmm. because no, I mean it. It's it, because when I watched it the first time and I'm looking at this and going, why does he look different? Hmm. And as you're looking at it from slide to slide, you're like, oh no, it's different because his hair is he's either he's being completely lit differently, or which I think it is. This may have been all part of these scenes where they brought him back too. And the person who did the makeup on the on the hair and the eyebrows and the mustache, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> they said, well, we can't put them both with a cold compress, so <laughs> can I get another can of, of white? <laughs> I mean, no, because it really is. I mean, it's, it's totally noticeable in this. Hmm. I mean, you can tell the footage isn't finished. Oh, yeah, and it's not finished. Like well, there's another thing. We'll, well, we'll talk about that in a second, too. Yeah. So they load uh, Banner and Betty into the Humvee. I don't know. I think Ross gets, I don't know if he gets the same Humvee or another one, but basically then you see them traveling. So there's a little montage of them right. going through, and they go to a park, and that's where the helicopter is That's sitting. where the helicopter is. That's right. And the, and the thing to notice on this while it's not done is the helicopter does not have rotors. Oh, I'll see. That's, we talked about that in, uh, what was that? Uh, oh, geez, I don't know. Somewhere in the 70s, late 70s. Right. Um, that uh, they, had, they cut the rotors off so that they could digitally add them in later and make right. them go as fast or slow as they wanted to. So this is where the Betty Thunderbolt confrontation happens. Right. She tries to go past him. He stops her, and they have a thing. However, it plays out a little differently. Now, all the stuff you saw in this minute, in minute 84, all that thing happens there's just a bunch of other stuff that happens in and around it that they cut. And if you, and if you watch both, if you watch Ross's bar and you watch them in, you'll see the same thing. They just sort of blur the background a little bit, so you can't really see that they're in a park anymore. It's right. sort of like, oh, helicopter-ish. You know, like you see some stuff on there. But one of the things is when she's having her, her big stand-up to her dad moment, she says, and this, this is one of those things where I feel like there's a lost whole portion of this movie that we never get to follow up on. And I'm hoping... See, not having done my research on deleted scenes, down the line, maybe another deleted scene will answer this because Ross's previous experiments, they, they drop that and then never mention it again. This is another one of those where it's like, what, what does that mean? Right. So she says, I know what you said to him after the accident, before I woke up, what you proposed. That's why he ran away and gave up. What? What is that? Like, what, what did she, what did he say? What did Ross say to Bruce? That made him give up on Betty and go and run and like what was the proposal? Right. What 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 is that? Right. Like Well, I mean, okay, so you'd have to think it's you let me what experiment on you more, you let me take it from you. Yeah. And then and then I'll give you my consent. Yeah, I guess so. That's what I'm that assuming. That sounds reasonable. Yeah. And he was like, Well, no, I can't can't do that. I mean Yeah. No. Like you were, you were, and like, and so there's the, there's, there's your Oedipus complex too. Like you were going to pimp out your own well, daughter. Well, one, yes, again, because 
one, you're gonna. This is hor- Ross is horrible. Yes. He's horrible in horrible. this, but it makes him a good villain. It, it he is a good villain, as opposed it, to like a sympathetic military it, man it, who's it, just trying to do the best to protect his country. It may taint my view of him in future movies. <laughs> I'm just telling you right now. So one, we've 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 totally explored all that. But here's the other thing: that proposal changes the entire understanding of Bruce. Yeah, his sorrow. Yes, his motivation. Yeah. All of it, because here's the deal. At the end of the day, he could have had her. Yeah, right. It and wasn't circumstances. He, it was like no. It was wrong. He could have had her. He could have been normal. Yeah. He gave it all up to save the world. <laughs> Bruce, noble sacrifice. No, I actually no. This is Martyr. This goes back to you can log this into. Should have been in the movie. Yes, it yeah. should have been in the movie. Because yeah. what? I tell you, like all the best Spar and Raw stuff got dropped in the cutting oh, yeah. floor. No, totally, totally. Uh, so a couple other uh, lines I get add in. Uh, Thunderbolt says his blood is property of the United States Army, which is something we'd heard in a, in a previous uh, deleted scene. There's this whole thing about oh, it's about uh, uh, justice in the American way and keep America strong. And he says something like that, and she's like, "You have to start with truth, or the rest of it doesn't work." It's like, ooh. <laughs> That's why it's the First Amendment, baby. Yeah, way to go. Yeah. Way to go, Betty. It is a great, great deleted scene and would have added a whole bunch. Now, once again, this is Act 3 problems is get to the monkey. But it's like. Right. (laughs) Yeah, no, 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 no. You've come this far. Like, we're with you. You don't have to. uh. This really, I mean, I'm already at the point where I was going to say, you know, I know we have been thinking about things we're going to say at the end of this, right? Like, when it gets Mm -hmm. into the whole movie. But there's something I can say right now. I would love to see the director's cut (laughs) and and the S, the plural, meaning everything there. Like, I would like to see, I would like to see the kitchen sink version of The Incredible Hulk. Yeah, that would be that would be really interesting. I mean, just throw just it all in. This, yeah, just yeah, you know, do it rough. Like you don't have to have yes. finished effects and all that kind of stuff. We're fine. Right. No, you know, just yeah, I want to see the assembly cut. Like I want to I see, all see the whole the, thing. I want to see like the the decisions they made along the way. Yeah, yeah. all three hours and forty two minutes. Of right, it. and I'm and I'm hey, if only Disney had a streaming service so they could put up that kind of stuff at uh, pennies on the dollar. Uh, Wouldn't that be a great right? place to go? Right. Come on. But of course, they we're in the weird rights thing with Universal and stuff too. Whatever. Maybe someday, but never. But maybe someday, but never. We'll see a Snyder cut before we'll see a Leterrier cut. That's true. Yeah. But in the meantime... You know, I'll tell you something. When you think about the things that you can do, right? Like if you're a Disney, you can do those things. Mm -hmm. Imagine the things we could do with some cash. Oh, man. (laughs) If we had a budget to do all kind of stuff, imagine all the fun things we think about that think... Ah, we can't do that. We just don't have the money for it. And I'm not real. saying we're going to do a streaming service because I'm, you know, it doesn't matter. But, you know, just a little bit more money. Maybe we'd, I don't know, we could do some interesting stuff. Maybe we'd move on. Maybe we'd move fully into video. Maybe we would just do, <sighs> you know, you can't let all they these other. see our lovely beards as we're talking about the whole. The... <laughs> well, you, yours is lovely. Mine <laughs> is more disheveled chic. It's, but, it's, the, but they're never going to be able to see this because we just can't afford to do these kinds of things. If only, Rob, if only there was a way for our wonderful listeners to contribute somehow to Next Reel and to Marvel Movie Minute to keep these going and to allow us to make weird, crazy, wonderful things like that. What if they not only could do that, but what if that money also gave them early access to episodes? Ooh, so they could get to hear a week before anyone else gets to hear? If only a place existed. Wait, there is. 
It's called. Are you saying my dream has come true? Yes, and it's called Patreon. <gasps> Patreon. Oh. We need the soundboard back. <laughs> See, just like Discord needs a needs a needs a riff. Patreon that. needs a or course. or just a slogan, like Patreon. like hey, give you, <laughs> give your favorite Keep creative people out of the poorhouse. No, give no. your give your favorite creatives a pat on the back. <laughs> Oh, Patreon. Pat, like Patreon. Okay. I may have only thought that was funny. <laughs> you too can be a midi T. Join Patreon. Please do. Where do you go? Uh, yes, please. We, we we desperately need it. Even a dollar a month yes. helps us all out a lot and gets you access to all the cool behind the scenes stuff. And you can see whose beard truly is more sweet. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> so you can find out more at nextreel.com slash Patreon. So, uh, we'll see you back here for minute 85. Uh, I'm warning you, as a spoiler alert, bring your tissues. Uh, something, something terrible is going to happen in 85, and, and I don't know if I can uh, make it through the whole thing. So oh, my God. We'll see what we can okay. do. So, I uh, hope you had a smashing good time. Until next time, true believers. Bye. Bye.